This is episode 309 of the AWS podcast, released on April 21st, 2019. Hello everyone and welcome back to the AWS podcast. Simon Lesher here with you. Great to have you back and we're going to be talking a few black belt tips and also an update for QuickSight today that might be interesting to you as well. One of the things that uh, a lot of customers use a lot of is, of course, AWS CloudFormation. Now, this lets you automate the creation of uh, entire application stacks and quite sophisticated architectures. And over time, it's become more uh, sophisticated to manage and also able to do more things. And one of the things I didn't realize it could do, because I haven't had to do it myself for a little while, was use something called rules and assertions to perform cross-parameter validation. Now, this is actually really powerful when you think about it. And once I dove into it, I'm like, wow, this is this is something I want to talk about. If you think about when you're building up a CloudFormation template, often one particular value may depend on the outcome of another value. So, for example, if you're creating a, an ALB, an application load balancer, uh, you need a certificate if you're using a secure listener, so HTTPS. But you don't need a certificate if you're only using the default HTTP listener. So what if you want to have a CloudFormation template that determines whether you need that certificate or not and then whether to grab the ARN of the certificate from Certificate Manager to make that all happen. You can start to see these uh, interactions that take place. So the nice thing is, is that you have a set of rules that you can assert on these particular applications. So rules are used to perform parameter validations based upon the values of other parameters. So, for example, you may want to say, uh, I want to check that all the subnets selected in a template are within the same VPC. You can use this based upon your rules. You can also use assertions to assert that something should be in place or shouldn't be in place. So, for example, my using SSL example is an assertion that may put in place. And you can apply it conditionally. So, you can say, this only needs to take place if something else is going on. Now, you're probably sitting there going, Simon, this is really hard to understand. <laughs> I can't visualize what's going on. There's a great blog post that goes into this in detail. But essentially what I wanted you to understand is that you can put in very sophisticated validation logic and you can avoid errors and issues in deploying your stack by setting the scene as to what you want to have happen as an outcome of that CloudFormation template. And this can be made much easier using rules and assertions. Another capability that's really interesting is something called Service Control Policies, SCPs. Now, this applies if you're using AWS Organizations. Now, just to remind you what AWS Organizations is, it helps you centrally govern your environment as you grow and scale your workloads on AWS. So whether you're a startup or a large enterprise, typically you may have many AWS accounts and you may want to set frameworks, parameters, or just automation on how you create groups of accounts reflecting your particular business needs. You may have different policies based on governance requirements. You may want to create a, a simple billing uh, method so you can have a single payer. Lots and lots of different reasons why you might choose to use AWS organizations. And it's interesting when you talk to different customers, one of the benefits of using AWS for a lot of customers is that they can go global in minutes. They can choose uh, different regions all around the world and deploy their workloads where, and where they need to and to be close to their particular customers, which is great. There is also a collection of uh, users for whom they don't want their data to ever be deployed in a different region. They may be government users, they may be adhering to different privacy constraints, etc. And as you know, you have complete control over where your data is at all times. So you choose the region or regions that data is stored in and data is only moved between regions when you choose to copy that data. So you have to do something. But you may say, well, what if someone makes a mistake and accidentally they thought they were doing something in, let's say, the London region, but they actually, they actually uh, selected the Canada region, for argument's sake. 
how do I stop this? Well, this is where service control policies now take their place. So these are policies that let you manage your organizations and they offer central control over the maximum available permissions for all accounts in your organization. So this gives you the wide running rails, if you like, within which people can operate. Now, this is part of an overall strategy, but is really useful for some of those fundamental componentry. And one of those is, hey, I don't want people to deploy uh, workloads in particular regions because there's no reason for it for whatever business reason that might be. So what you can do is you can deny access to AWS based upon the requested region. And what this allows you to do is to specify which particular regions are captured by this. So for example, you may say, you know, EU West 1 or uh, AP Southeast 2, whichever regions you don't want people to do, and it will do an automatic deny across all your accounts or any activity taking place in that particular region. I know a number of my customers have wanted this for a long time. And what this does is essentially give you that running rail control to say, I can select where activities should be taking place, but more importantly, where activities shouldn't be taking place. So this is a really useful and powerful capability that if you have this type of constraint in your environment, I recommend you set up right now. Another technology I've been diving into a bit lately is Amazon QuickSight, which is a really useful visualization tool for data. And that was because I was doing some, some demonstrations of some data for some folks and I was using, using the tools that I have available to me and said, hey, let me show you some, uh, some data. And it was uh, pretty cool. And as I was doing this, I discovered a few new things that I think are very relevant. Uh, one thing that's new-ish is the support for geospatial data, so latitude and longitude, uh, with a whole bunch of built-in maps, et cetera, that make it really easy to visualize geospatial data. Uh, in my particular demonstration, I was doing some uh, some climate modeling type work and looking at where particular locations of uh, climate modeling stations are. And it was super simple to simply reference the long and lat and see it on the globe uh, and then start doing aggregations and other types of visualization. Uh, it was interesting in the audience I was talking to, there was a sort of an, an audible, ooh, because we were doing it live, we were actually writing the, the, the code or the configuration, if you like, as we were going. And they're like, oh, look, there's my maps. It's all set up. Good to go. So that's pretty powerful. But what really caught my attention is something that's just become available called Amazon QuickSight ML Insights. And what this does is uses AWS's proven machine learning and natural language capabilities to let you get deeper insights for your data. And the nice thing is, is these are out of the box. So you don't have to do any complex configuration or train any models, etc. You get access to insights into uh, three key ways. The first one is you get anomaly detection. So what this can do is continually analyze all your data to look for any anomalies and variations inside of the aggregates. And this is really useful to detect those little nuances that happen in business, etc. You can schedule these jobs and you can process them on a regular basis. So you can be looking out for when things change out of the ordinary across billions of metrics. Another capability is the ability to have forecasting. So QuickSight's built-in algorithms will start to learn from your data and show you the patterns and the sort of ranges of where things might go based upon previous performance. Anyone who's been involved in any business function knows one of the biggest things we have to do is forecast and one of the hardest things to do is forecast. And at least by having some trending data and some very uh, effectively applied patterns to that data using ML, we can generate some really visually appealing and hopefully accurate forecasts based upon the data that's coming in. Another really nice thing is the ability to generate auto-narratives. Now, these are natural language narratives that can be woven into the dashboards and reports to give better detail and context for your users. Uh, you can use customized calculations, you can customize the formatting to, to really tell a story. So 
Uh, sometimes a picture tells a thousand words, but it would be really good if there was a few words with it. This really gives you the option. It's very, very effective and very, very powerful. The use cases that we typically see customers using this are things like sales reporting, web analytics, financial planning, and other kinds of embedded analytics where they're using the QuickSight SDKs and APIs to visualize data as part of their own application. And what we've seen is a real demand for customers to get the benefits of machine learning, but without the complexity of building the models and creating the data sets, et cetera. What this allows you to do is take advantage of those straight away. All these features are available in the enterprise edition of Amazon QuickSight. And the ML-powered anomaly detection has a small additional processing fee based upon thousands of metrics per month. Uh, so, for example, if for the first 1 million metrics, it is 50 cents per thousand metrics. And once you get over 100 million metrics, you are down to 5 cents per month. So, pretty straightforward, pretty simple. It's that classic pay for what you use, pay as you go. And you can choose when you use that anomaly detection for particular use cases that make sense. So if you're looking for a way to visualize your information differently and get more insight into your visualization with minimal possible work, then ML Insights is something to look at. There's a really great introductory video that I'll link to in the show notes that gives you a better taste of what I'm talking about, but certainly was something that I sort of discovered and was a little bit delighted by when I could use it and I wanted to share it with you. So I hope a few little tips and uh, some insights will help in your day-to-day work. We do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com is the place to do it. And until next time, Keep on building.